This is Davide Mamone, host of Podcast Farm, and today we will talk about the story of entrepreneurs and immigrants. A story where an innovative idea, Europe, and the state of Maine in the US come surprisingly together. Founded by Amar Seik, Krena Roca, and Tommaso Montagne, the startup Rubik is a real estate investment platform for rental home investors, and it helps single families to find the best places for them. Hello, we are here in uh, New York City, in Manhattan, with uh, Tommaso and uh, Amar. Uh, thank you for, uh, for being here. Um, today we are talking about the story uh, of entrepreneurship uh, in, in, in the industry and uh, uh, immigration in some ways. So let's start from the beginning. Um, you have in common Europe and uh, Maine. Can you explain... <laughs> to us why Europe and Maine are two starting points for, for you. Yeah, so I guess, um, so I'm, I'm Tommaso, one of the founders of Rubik, and uh, I guess Rubik originally started uh, from Maine, but all three founders are European. So uh, I'm Italian, uh, Amar is from Bosnia, and our third co-founder is actually from Kosovo. So I guess three countries colliding in uh, Uh, in the middle of uh, nowhere in uh, in Maine, in this uh, small liberal arts school um, uh, with about 2,000 people stuck um, in uh, two meters of snow, seven months a year. And then uh, I guess uh, uh, when the snow goes away, the holidays start, so you leave Maine. Uh, what a, it's a beautiful place in the summer, but oh my God, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a hell of a ride in the winter. So uh, when did you meet? When uh, this uh, wonderful session of uh, this uh, wonderful life experience in Maine started? Mm -hmm. So um, we met the very first days of college, actually. So we went to Colby and at Colby, there's this event called International Orientation, where they have all the international students show up one week before everybody else to introduce you. And they tell you things like, here's a Walmart, here's a social security number, basic things to get you started in the US. And literally the very first days, I met these two very animated and energetic guys, one from Kosovo, one from Italy, and we immediately hit it off as friends. But then even more interestingly, the next month, we started a company together, actually. And it was a um, delivery store for the students on campus. So last mile delivery. So like Tommaso said, um, last mile delivery was terrible at Colby because usually you'd be buried in the snow. And a lot of the students were too lazy to leave their rooms. So we had a whole e-commerce site set up where students could go order goods from local stores and have them delivered with 24 hours. And um, the secret sauce here is also that the college buy basket is pretty predictable. So it's very easy to predict what they're going to get, pre-buy it, and then deliver it instantaneously to their rooms, which is something they really liked. You, you have no idea how many water bottles, Gatorades, solo cups. Our room is like, we're the, the party animals on campus when we actually never partied, but <laughs> we had all of the equipment necessary to do that and sell it to, uh, to the other students on campus. So from a problem, you created an opportunity. You saw an opportunity, you created a company. Um, what was the uh, most difficult moment in this process? Uh, when did you have more... Uh, Uh, troubles in some ways and how did you solve them i mean at the beginning the hardest thing was just figuring out the logistics actually for this because this is simply a logistics business and you'd have to figure out for us specifically who would drive at what time when the goods would be delivered and to optimize for that 
the e-commerce side of it and just making sure that we spread the news around was easy because Kobe was a small community, but just figuring out when you would deliver at optimal times, that was the, the hardest part of the whole um, journey. So when you got back from Maine to Europe, where did you, did you gather? What was your city before New York? Yeah, so um, uh, I'm from Milan. Grew up there, born and raised, went to an English school in Milan and then parachuted into, into Maine, mainly because I was a skier at the time. And so Maine is a great place to ski and, and Col Colby has a great ski team. And so that's uh, my reason, let's say, for, uh, for being at Colby College. Um, I have a similar story in that I went to Bosnia for the first 16 years of high school. The last two, I went to an international organization called UWC, United World Colleges. It's a system of college across the U.S. and they offer scholarships to come to select U.S. colleges. One of them was Colby and I obtained 100% scholarship there. So for me, somebody from Bosnia with a country with like 50% youth unemployment, that was one of the best opportunities I could get. I took it. I came to Colby and I think it worked out very well. And how about the third founder uh, who is not here? Yeah. Has a similar story? Renard, yes, has a very similar story. He went also to this international school, the actually the same group of schools that I went to, UWC. He went to one in the US, which is located in New Mexico. And then afterwards, he also came to Kobe to basically on a scholarship and we met and the rest is pretty much history. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, um, can you tell us what is your vision? I mean, you found an opportunity, you follow it through, but what is the, your vision today? And then we will talk about New York City a little bit more. I mean, I guess the vision in a one-liner is to uh, take this old-fashioned uh, residential real estate industry and bring it to the 21st century. Uh, so uh, essentially what that means is take a... Um, Uh, an industry which relies on personal relations, an, an industry which is all about uh, uh, who I know and uh, and uh, who can help me find uh, that investment and bring it online and modernize this industry, uh, uh, just like so many other industries uh, have been modernized in the last uh, 20, 30 years. Okay, and so why New York and when in New York? If you can tell us your first uh, steps in this uh, crazy jungle full of opportunities and people and networks. So if you can tell us a little bit more about it, it would be interesting. Well, the, the funny story is we were actually deciding to come to San Francisco And um, at some point we decided that actually that would be not good because New York City would be the capital of real estate. And we had initial connections here to start with. But literally two days before we came to New York City, we were thinking to go to San Francisco. So that was a pretty quick decision. But um, it turned out for the better during the company's history. I mean, in, in San Francisco, we knew nobody. In New York, at least we knew one person in Jersey. So, and also it was closer to Europe. I guess that's... Uh, That was uh, one of the, I don't know, closer to home feels a little safer when you're just going out out of the blue and nowhere. But I guess uh, at the end of our college, uh, we raised uh, about $25,000 from uh, um, Colby alums uh, and, uh, and then decided that it was, uh, it was New York City, the place to be. Uh, parachuted right into the city, right into Central Park and uh, discovered that um, it was impossible to find an apartment. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so what did you do when you figure out this stuff through? <laughs> so at the beginning, I just came to New York City first because Tomas and Roka were traveling. And in that month, I discovered that first off, I came at the worst month, which is June. Everybody's looking for an apartment. And then the second piece is it was very hard to find one. Being an international student, you don't have a job history, credit checks. So they're very stringent on the requirements. So we spent a month or so searching for an apartment. Until we found them, the areas we wanted to narrow in on, that was one key thing. It took us some time to figure out which areas we should be looking at in New York that are appropriate for us and you can actually find deals. That was one piece. And the other thing was actually counterintuitively working with a brokerage firm that could actually help us narrow down some of the good properties and the good um, apartments that we could actually rent out and have. Essentially, the only way that we found possible to find an entire apartment for the three of us, not just a room, but an entire apartment for the three of us, which would also be our office, because at this point, we're committed to revolutionizing revolutionizing an industry. So uh, the only way was to put eight months of lease down or essentially all of the $25,000 that we'd raised and then figure it out from there. So, yeah, um, June is the best month in New York City for living, but the worst for finding an apartment. So <laughs> that's that's true. And uh, how did you survive for the first month? I mean, surviving is the best, is the key word for living in New York. So <laughs> how did you, what was your strategy, if I mean, you had any? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we arrived, uh, put all the money in the apartment, and then uh, basically found... Uh, a few hundred emails uh, of people and e cold emailed all these hundreds of people and uh, and uh, essentially told them that we were willing to build uh, data products uh, for uh, their business in the real estate business uh, for two or three reasons. One is because uh, we needed money. The other one is because we needed to learn about the real estate industry. We are uh, in a way, apart from the fact that our backgrounds uh, and our family backgrounds are in real estate, but we still needed to get some hands-on experience and really learn the problems uh, and start from a problem and solve a bit uh, a solution rather than just solve a cool problem. And so uh, cold emailing all these people and the, the, the response was fantastic. It was... Uh, Within a week, we had uh, uh, we had people begging us to to come work for them and uh, uh, and um, uh, or at least do some products for them uh, in the real estate space. Uh, can I ask you how do you uh, do you see the market in ten years, especially in this city, because it's a market which is changing every day, I would say, or uh, on a weekly basis. So, how do you see it in five years, ten years? Um, in New York City in particular, just the general real estate market or, okay, I mean, there's different segments of the market, in particular for residential, there's always a strong demand in the city itself. That's always been the case historically, despite downturns. So that's going to continue. The luxury segment, I think Tommaso can comment more on that. He's a fan of tracking that um, market. I mean, it's a very interesting one. Uh, within the next uh, five to eight years, there's, there's going to be a huge... Um, um, increase in the amount of inventory available in the city. Uh, right now, in terms of high luxury apartment buildings, there are very few, but a lot being constructed. And so you're going to have uh, three, 400% of the units uh, of luxury units come into the market. And that's going to, uh, I think, per, like drop uh, prices uh, significantly. Uh, but uh, overall, the real estate industry in, in, in Manhattan specifically is very strong and has been strong for hundreds of years. So that's uh, that trend will continue to, to rise. 
That being said, the returns on the investment are not the most optimal. They're what you would call safe, but not the most exciting in terms of the return you would see. That being said, if you're into commercial real estate, office is exploding specifically related because there's a lot of tech companies moving into New York. Recently, Google acquired the Chelsea market for more than a billion dollars and they're planning to expand there. So there's a lot of opportunity for the office space and the office sector and commercial real estate to grow significantly. So that's one part of the Manhattan real estate and New York real estate that people can be and are bullish on right now. Uh, in this moment in New York, you are in, a, in an accelerator. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about this experience? Um, how you got here? Why? What do you find or expect from this experience? So the accelerator we're in is called um, ERA, Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator. It's one of the best accelerators in New York City. In fact, it's one of the best, for, according to rankings, in the US. And it has a very particular approach. So unlike accelerators, which take, I don't know, hundreds to 200s of startups at the same time, what ERA does is they look at a batch of approximately 1,600 applicants or so and then select 12 to 14 startups. They work with intensely for four months. And during those four months, you will receive the most rigorous training, everything from pitching to sales to marketing to tech development, you name it. That's exactly what happened to us. And that was incredible on the end of both giving us knowledge, but also in terms of the network. So ERA is one of the most well-networked um, accelerators here. And the amount of people we met simply through being in the RA and having that brand value is incredible. So that's been for us as young entrepreneurs, especially incredibly helpful. We, we thought we had a big network just before we got into ERA that we built up over a year. We were extremely proud of it. And then we realized that it was nothing. It was literally nothing compared to what we have now. But it's going to be better. I'm, I'm pretty sure about it. Um, so I asked you about the market before, but now I'm going to ask you about your company. How is going to be in five years or in 10 years? This is a job interview question, so I'm sorry about that. But, uh, <laughs> but it's interesting to understand what is your vision from now on. So um, our vision is to bring the entire investment life cycle. So acquisition of an investment home, a management uh, of an investment home and sale of an investment home completely online, such that real estate investors will not even need to go see the asset, but be able to invest in uh, residential real estate uh, through a click-through process. Um, right now, it's a hands-on approach. You have to you have to go see all the assets. You have to call uh, all these agents uh, or wholesalers. Um, you have to maybe self-manage the properties if you don't use property managers. Um, we're bringing that entire process online, and you'll be able to invest in residential real estate by clicking on our laptop uh, when Rubik will have completed its uh, its vision uh, within the next uh, about five years' time. So um, if you have to pick up just one word to describe uh, Rubik, what would be? Hmm. One word. Okay. Um, easy. Yeah. Make it as easy as possible to invest in real estate. Because if you look at real estate as an asset class just by itself, especially residential where we're focused on, it's a very attractive asset class for very, for very different um, reasons for investors, but there's good reasons for you to own real estate from the appreciation point of view to the diversification point of view. Problem is, if you want to do that, you need a lot of experience and or parties to get involved with the whole process. So that makes it very complicated. So like Tommaso said, what we're doing is simplifying and taking away all the hard work that's really unnecessary in this modern age and making it simple to participate in this asset class for everyone. Um, you are uh, 
young uh, entrepreneur, uh, young people in some ways, but very experienced. In other, um, what is the most advices you got uh, that help you as an entrepreneur and as a person in some ways? Let me think about that one for a second. Um, because you get a lot of advice. Yeah, I mean... Like, and the advice on that advice is, and don't let any any opinion nudge you more than 10% in any direction. I think that's yeah. an advice that I received in actually coming to ERA that was super helpful in life I mean, in general. I guess you say 10% and we've heard 10%, but even even less, even like 5% uh, in any in any direction, yeah. Because everyone has their own opinion and uh, and if you start listening to everyone's opinion, you're just going to zigzag and stay in the same place. Yeah, I mean, there's also the contrarian point of view, which is if you're really convinced that what you're going to do is work, uh, you should push through no matter what, as long as you have really a thought out plan and have thought out all the arguments as to why it can't work and you have reasonable arguments to believe that it will, then by all means, you have to push it. And in fact, a lot of the things in modern startups you see today, nobody believed in them the very first days from Airbnb, the most famous story of that, to Uber, to many other big startups right now. The first idea was funny to many investors and thought of as a joke. And now you can see that they're blown up, basically. So. Not a joke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're very serious right now. Yeah, they're controlling everything and everyone. So, well, uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I wish you good luck and uh, to enjoy the experience in the accelerator. So take care and thank you. <laughs> keep <laughs> thank us posted. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be on here. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for being with us and uh, see you at the next episode of Conversations with Startups.